بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فان احسن الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدى هدى محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وان شر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار uh, in the previous few lessons we've been looking at belief in some of the affairs that will take place on yawm al-qiyamah and from the most important of them is the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he will be seen with the vision of the eyes by the believers and that there will be a mizan, a scales of balance set up for every believer to weigh his deeds and likewise there will be a drinking pool, hawd, hawd for the Prophet وسلم, for his ummah to drink from just as every other prophet will also have a drinking pool. And likewise there will be a sirat, a bridge that is placed over the hellfire. And this leads us to the next issue, which is belief in paradise and hellfire. And in this regard, Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taala, in what is ascribed to him of this poetry, he says, وَالنَّارُ يَصْلَاهَا أَشْشَقِي بِحِكْمَةٍ وَكَذَا التَّقِيُّ إِلَى الْجِنَانِ سَيَدْخُلُ Which means, the translation of which is, that it is the wretched person, the shaqi, the one who is wretched. He is the one who will be burned in the fire. بِحِكْمَةٍ By wisdom, by divine wisdom. And likewise, through divine wisdom, through the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, will the righteous, pious person, will he enter the gardens? So here we see there are a number of issues. First of all, belief in paradise, belief in hellfire, and also an issue alluded here by Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, which is that no one will enter paradise and no one will enter hellfire except on account of the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is from the wisdom and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A person enters the fire not because he is wronged, because of dhul, but there is wisdom and justice behind that. And a person enters paradise out of the pure mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this really opens up a connected issue, which is the issue of al-qadr, al-qadr wal-qadr. So though Shaykh Islam is speaking here of belief in the fire, paradise, al-jannah wal-nar, then there is a connected issue to do with Al-Qadha wal-Qadr. So after we look at belief in paradise and hellfire, inshallah, we will try to address this issue uh, of 
Allah's wisdom, Allah's justice, and Allah's mercy. So we begin explaining this line of poetry. From the kalam of Sheikh Saleh as Sahimi first and foremost. So he says that in these lines there is an explanation that the Sheikh, meaning Sheikh Islam Ibn Taymiyyah, he's expressing his belief. And he's expressing that he believes, just as all of Ahlul Sunnati Wal Jama'ah believe, that the believers will with certainty enter into paradise. And that the disbelievers will with certainty enter into the hellfire. And between them both there are degrees, or amongst them both there are degrees and ranks. So just like amongst the believers there will be degrees and ranks in the levels of paradise, then similarly amongst the disbelievers there will be ranks and levels and degrees in the hellfire. So paradise is true and real. It is a real and true thing. Hellfire is a real and true thing. They both exist and it is obligatory to believe in them both. And more specifically, they are created and they exist right now. They are created and they exist right now. They're not things that will be, that will be created on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. Rather, they are already created and they exist. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sworn that each one of these two, the fire and the garden, that they will have their fill, that they will be filled with whoever is deserving to enter into them. An example of that, Allah says in the Quran, that I will most certainly fill Jahannam, the fire, with the jinn and men all together. Surah Hud, Surah 11, verse 119. So both of these two, Al-Jannah wa nar they have their fill as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has promised. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He never ever breaks His promise. Now, the people who will enter paradise, they will enter paradise as though they are a delegation. A delegation. In Arabic, wafd. So they will be presented to their Lord. And this word, this, this delegation, wafd, that we see used in Surah Maryam, or Surah Taha, in fact, this is a word it represents that the believers will come and arrive and come to Ar-Rahman and come to paradise with ease and with complete uh, uh, you know uh, uh, what's the word um, serenity with, with peace and ease and serenity and calmness this is how they will be, they will have calmness and they will have certainty and they will be firm. This is the way in which the believers will come to Ar-Rahman and they will enter into paradise in this way. And as for the disbelievers, then they will be driven to Jahannam. And the word used is Wirda. wirda. In fact, in the, in the ayah in Surah Taha, وَنَسُوقُ الْمُجْرِمِينَ إِلَى جَهَنَّمَ wirda. The word used is wirda. 
This is likened to when, when you see cattle who are thirsty, thirsty cattle, and they are being driven to drink. So you see the cattle, if you've ever, ever seen this scenario, where you've seen cattle running and being herded and being rushed to the, to, the, to the place of drink. So here, the way in which the disbelievers will be rushed towards Jahannam is in this way. No tranquility, no ease. They are being rushed in a, like a herd, in, rushed in this way. And refuge is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we see that this is the difference in the way that the believers and that the disbelievers are respectively brought to paradise and hellfire is indicated in a very subtle way in the Quran. When we look in Surah Zumar, the 39th Surah, towards the very end of Surah Zumar, this is one of those Surahs at the end of which we see that the believers and disbelievers, their, their eventual outcome is discussed. And so here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He's speaking about the people of paradise. And He says, Allah says, until when they come to it, meaning when they come to paradise, and its doors are opened. Now this is a, a thing to be aware of in this ayah. Allah says, until when they come to it, and then he uses the particle wa, wa futihat abwabuha. The particle wa, which means and, and its gates are opened. Now contrast this with the disbelievers that were mentioned two verses earlier. In respect to the disbelievers, Allah says, when they are driven to hellfire, He says, Hatta idha ja'uha futihat abwabuha. Until when they are brought to it, its doors are open. There is no wa, there's no particle wa. And so what this means, the indication here, the indication here is that when it, when it, when it's speaking about the believers, hatta idha ja'uha wa futihat abwabuha, this is an indication that the believers will be at ease, serenity, calm, tranquil, safe, no fear. And as for the disbelievers, there is, when it says, There is no delay, there is like a rush and its doors will be opened. So this indicates, um, you know, this is not like the believers who are calm and serene and tranquil and, you know, they, are, they, are, they will enter like this. So this is indicated in this ayah. And so from this we understand that the paradise and hellfire are both created, they both exist right now, and anyone who disbelieves or rejects them, then the ruling upon that person is, he is, is that he is a disbeliever. He is a disbeliever, because paradise and hellfire is included within belief, one of the six pillars of Iman, which is belief in Al-Yawm Al-Akhir, Al-Yawm Al-Akhir, the last day. And this is one of the six pillars of Iman. And from the many evidences for the existence of paradise, as in right now, is the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal, "Uiddat lil muttaqin, Uiddat lil muttaqin." It has already been prepared for the muttaqin, for those who have taqwa of Allah. 
Those who spend in both times of hardship and times of ease, in times of pleasure and times of unhappiness, they spend in both of these situations. And in another ayah Allah says, It has been prepared, meaning already been prepared, for those who believe in Allah and His messengers. And likewise from the sunnah, we see many evidences from them, is the night in which the Prophet ﷺ, he was taken above, and he explains that on the night in which I was taken above, which I was raised, I met Ibrahim ﷺ, and he said to me, read or re- re- rehearse my salams to your ummah, mention my salams to your ummah, and inform them, and then Ibrahim Islam, he informed him about paradise, that, that paradise, it, it, its soil is good and fertile. And its trees are planted by way of people saying, Subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, wallahu akbar. That this is how the trees of paradise are planted by this dhikr, by this remembrance. And likewise also the Prophet ﷺ, he said, I came across, I came upon paradise and I saw that the majority of its people are the poor people, the destitute people. And I came across, across the fire and I saw that the majority of its inhabitants are women. And we see also that uh, in the Quran we see descriptions of uh, paradise that it is for the mujahideen by way of example allah says in the quran wala tahsabanna alladhina qutilu fi sabilillah amwata bal ahya'un 'inda rabbihim yurzaqun do not believe do not think that those who are killed in the path of allah are dead rather they are alive being sustained with their lord so the mujahideen who fight they are the ones who fight so that the word of allah is uppermost. They are the ones who are people who have needs, they have motives and reasons. They are the people who fight so that the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is uppermost. So we see that in all of these texts, by way of example, we see that paradise is true and real and it exists right now. And just as a side point, uh, the uh, you will often see many people claiming that paradise is here upon earth. You'll find this amongst many of the extremist Sufis. And you'll find this amongst sometimes these people who knock on your door and they say to you, they're the Jehovah's Witnesses, and they'll say to you that, you know, uh, don't you uh, believe in paradise and hell? And what they really mean is paradise and hell is is actually upon this earth because they don't believe in the, the, the resurrection and so on and so forth. So, in opposition to all these people, paradise is true and real. It is a created thing. It is in the seventh heaven, as we shall see, inshallah, later on. And it is true and real, and it is not upon this earth, unlike what is claimed by the extreme Sufis and uh, many of these uh, astray Christians. So, on top of all of this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has also described the punishment of the grave in connection to paradise and hellfire 
And there are numerous verses which indicate this, the, the, the punishment of the grave, and also the reward in the grave, because these two are connected to the punishment in the fire and the reward in paradise. So Allah says in Surah Fussilat, Indeed, those who say our Lord is Allah, then they remain steadfast upon that. They have istiqama. Then the angels do descend upon them, saying, Do not fear, nor grieve, but have glad tidings of the paradise with which you were promised. نَحْنُ أَوْلِيَاءُكُمْ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ وَلَكُمْ فِيهَا مَا تَشْتَهِي أَنفُسُكُمْ وَلَكُمْ فِيهَا مَا تَدَّعُونَ نُزُلًا مِنْ غَفُورِ الرَّحِيمِ We are your protect, we are your allies and protectors in the life of this world and in the hereafter. And for you there will be whatever your souls desire, meaning in paradise. And you will have whatever you wish therein which is a, a, a reward from one who is ghafoor and one who is rahim. And so all of these evidences then, we, we are mentioning them here to prove that paradise is true and real and it exists and likewise the hellfire. As for the hellfire in the Quran, Allah says, Inna jahannama kanat mirsada. Indeed, hellfire is an ambush. It is a place of ambush. And likewise, Allah says, Fear the fire which has been prepared, meaning already prepared for the disbelievers. And likewise, Allah says regarding Fir'aun, Fir'aun and his people, to the fire will they be subjected morning and evening. This is a proof in the Quran for the punishment of the grave. This ayah is in Surah Ghafir, Surah number 40, verse number 46. 40, 46. What is the proof? Because first of all Allah says, To the fire will they be subjected morning and evening. Morning and evening. وَيَوْمَ تَقُومُ السَّاعَةِ Then Allah says, and then when the hour is established. So there's a distinction now. We have a morning and an evening where these people are being subjected to the fire. And then on the day that the hour is established, it will be said, أَدْخِلُوا آلَ فِرْعَوْنَ أَشَدَّ الْعَذَابِ It will be said, enter the people of Fir'aun into the most severe torment. So this is a proof that the fire already exists, but it's also a proof for the punishment of the grave. And likewise, what the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu he saw, as he mentioned, there are numerous ahadith, uh, and from them is that he walked by a grave, and he said, these two are being punished. And so obviously this was referring to a man who would spread tales, namam, or he would uh, backbite or spread tales, and the one who would, who would not take care of himself when he was relieving himself. And also the saying of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu if you were to see what I see, لو, لو ما أرى قليلا ولا كثيرا. That if you could see what I am seeing, 
you would have laughed little and you would have cried more. You would have cried a lot. So all of these evidences, they indicate that paradise and hellfire are true and real. They exist and they are a creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is the end of the speech of Sheikh Salih al-Sahimi. And to continue in some more detail, then the fire, an-nar, an-nar, the word an-nar refers to the abode of the kuffar, the destination of the kuffar. And it, the word nar itself, it comes from, it, the word itself, it, it can be changed and converted to different words, but all of them refer to or have the connection to light. To light, because when the fire burns, then it gives off light. And that's why you have nur and nar. Nur and nar. And there are numerous different types of plurals, anwar, niran, the different types of plurals. But all of them, they have the connotation of light. And this is the opposite of al-dhalama, which is darkness. So this fire, an-nar, that we are speaking of as it relates to hellfire, it has seven levels, as you know, seven tabaqat. And some of the people of knowledge, as it is explained, they say that each level has a different name. And that's why in the Qur'an you see there are different names used for the fire. So by way of example, as explained by some, uh, Ibn Atiyah and others, that the highest level is known as Jahannam. The highest level of the fire is Jahannam. And thereafter it is Al-Hutama. Al-Hutama. And then after this it is As-Sa'ir. As-Sa'ir. That which roasts and burns. Then it is Saqar. As-Saqar. This is the fourth level. And then it is Al-Jaheem. Al-Jaheem. And then after this it is Al-Hawiyah. Al-Hawiyah. This is the sixth level. And then there is the bottom, the, the, the lowest level, which is for the Munafiqeen, the hypocrites. The lowest. Darkul Asfal Min Al-Nar. The lowest level of the, of the fire. So we see in the Qur'an, we have some more verses from the Qur'an. From them Allah says, وَعَدَ اللَّهُ الْمُنَافِقِينَ وَالْمُنَافِقَاتِ وَالْكُفَّارِ نَارَ جَحَنَّمَ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا هِيَ حَسْبُهُمْ وَلَعْنَهُمُ اللَّهُ وَلَهُمْ عَذَابٌ مُقِيمٌ Allah has promised to the hypocrites, men and women, and the disbelievers, the fire of Jahannam, remaining therein. It is their reckoning, it is their recompense. And Allah has cursed them, and for them is a everlasting punishment. There are many ayat here mentioned uh, in relation to the uh, Jahannam, we will leave them for the sake of brevity. And likewise we see in the Sunnah from Abu Huraira who said that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he said that paradise and hellfire had an argument. Had an argument. And of course we believe, it is from our belief, that we believe that these things, paradise and hellfire, that they are able to speak. That they are able to speak, that they have that they have the ability to speak. So in this hadith, it is mentioned that paradise and hellfire had an argument, and so hellfire said 
the, the arrogant, arrogant people and the proud people, they will enter into me. And Paradise said that it is the weak people, the destitute people, they are the ones who will enter into me. So Allah Azza wa Jal, He said to this one, to the fire, He said, Anti Adabi you are my fire and I will punish you are my punishment sorry and I will punish by way of you whomever I will and then Allah said to this one which is paradise he said you are my mercy I will show mercy by way of you to whomever I will and to each one of you both you will have your fill. You will have your share of people. You will have your fill. And likewise, in another hadith from Abdullah bin Amr bin al-As, anhu, who said that the Prophet ﷺ, he said, indeed, the people of the fire, they will be, and then he mentioned, different categories of people. Mustakbir, one who is arrogant, one who is jamma' meaning the, the gatherer of wealth. Manna' the one who is niggardly and he withholds and so on and so forth. And as for the people of paradise, they will be the weak ones, the overtrodden, the weak, the overtrodden, weak people. These will be the people of paradise. And we have another hadith similar from Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, radiyallahu anhu, that the messenger of Allah said that paradise boasted and hellfire boasted. So hellfire boasted and said that the kings and the noble people, and the arrogant ones, and the tyrants, they will enter into me. And Paradise said, My Lord, the weak people, and the needy, and the destitute, they are the ones who will enter into me. So Allah, the blessed and exalted, He said to the fire, You are my punishment, by which I afflict whomever I will. And He said to Paradise, You are my mercy, and my mercy encompasses everything. And both of you will have your fill. So then, it will, the people will be thrown into the fire who deserve to go into the fire. And the fire will say, Hal min mazid. The fire will say and speak, is there any more? Then, there will be more thrown into the fire. Then it will say again, Hal min mazid. Is there any more? And then more will be thrown in. Then it will say again, Hal min mazid, until Allah wa ta'ala, He comes and He places His foot therein. And then hellfire will, 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 will fold and it will say, Enough, enough. And as for paradise, then its people will remain therein forever, for as long as Allah wills, and to the end of the end of the hadith. So these are evidences to show that paradise and hellfire are real. They exist. It also indicates the people who will enter into paradise and hellfire. There are numerous commentaries here from some of the scholars. So from them is a statement from Safarini in his explanation, in his uh, creed. Uh, he says that Al-Jinan, because in the poetry it says Al-Jinan, وَكَذَا التَّقِيُّ إِلَى الْجِنَانِ سَيَدْخُلُ Al-Jinan is the plural of Jannah. Why is it called Jannah? The word Jannah, it comes from the, the root Jannah, 
the verb root Jannah. This implies that something is hidden. Something is veiled and hidden. This is why we get the word jinn and the jan, the plural of the word jinn, jan, the jan and the jinn, because they are not visible to the human eye. And likewise, the embryo in the womb of the mother, it is referred to as the janin, janin. Why? Because it, is, it cannot be seen, it is not visible. And likewise, there's also like a type of snake, which is also called al-jan, it is a very small, minute type of snake that cannot be seen readily. Uh, and likewise, a garden is called Jannah because the trees and other things which are in the garden, they conceal what is, what is, what is in the garden. So this is the, the meaning of the word Jannah. And in the Quran, Allah has referred to Jannah as Jannatun Na'im. Jannatun Na'im. They are not just gardens, they are gardens of pleasure. They are gardens of pleasure. And Ibn al-Qayyim, rahimahullah ta'ala, he says in his book, Hadi al-Arwah, he says this word, Jannah, or Jinan, it is a word, a comprehensive word, for all the gardens, and whatever they comprise of different types of things by which pleasure is obtained. Whether that is by way of food, or whether it is by way of drink, whether it is by way of clothing, whether it is by way of what is seen, of visions and, and pictures and things, whether it is by way of fragrances, whether it is by way of things which a person again sees, and likewise by way of homes, masakin, you know, vast abundant uh, masakin, meaning homes and abodes that people uh, live in. So everything by which you seek pleasure in this life, food, drink, clothing, homes, and so on and so forth, then these are gardens of pleasure in the hereafter. And these are pleasures which are outward, which are zahira and batina, Allah, and also inward. And so also, as Safarini, he continues and he says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he has mentioned in his book, many ayat which explain who are the inhabitants of paradise. What are their qualities? And so from them, he mentions here the first ayah, أُعِدَّتْ لِلْمُتَّقِينَ Prepared for who? For the muttaqeen. So the first quality is at-taqwa. Taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in another ayah Allah says, وَأَمَّا مَنْ خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّهِ وَنَحَ النَّفْسَ عَنِ الْحَوَى فَإِنَّ الْجَنَّةَ هِيَ الْمَعْوَى As for the one who feared standing in front of his Lord. So he fears standing in front of his Lord. And he prohibited his soul, his nafs, from following its desires. Then indeed paradise for such a one is the final abode, is the destination. So we see another quality. What is it? It is the one who fears the standing, the reckoning with his Lord. And he prohibits, he, he controls his soul from following its whims and desires. And then we see in another ayah, Allah says, وَبَشِّرِ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ أَنَّ لَهُمْ جَنَّاتٍ تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارِ Give glad tidings to those who believe, this is Iman, وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ And do righteous deeds, that they will have gardens beneath which rivers flow. And similarly, in another verse, Allah says, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ 
في روضات الجنات لهم ما يشاءون عند ربهم ذلك هو الفضل الكبير those who believe and do righteous deeds they will be in in gardens they will have whatever they wish therein with their lord that is the greatest the great bounty and also another ayah Allah says inna alladhina amanu wa amilu salihat lahum jannatun na'im those who believe and do righteous deeds they will have the gardens of pleasure of delight when we put all of these verses together we understand that in fact all in fact all of the verses of the Quran when we look at all of them whenever they mention the issue of paradise we see that they will always revolve around three things there are three things always associated with paradise and its people and its reward and those three things these three qawaid the three three things around which it revolves first of all is iman and taqwa iman and taqwa Paradise is always mentioned in connection with Iman and Taqwa. Iman, which is belief in Allah, His angels, His books, His messengers, the last day, Al-Qadr. And At-Taqwa, which is to do deeds in obedience to Allah, to do whatever He commanded, hoping in His reward, and keeping away from that which He prohibited fearing his punishment this is the definition of at-taqwa so iman and taqwa is the first thing the second thing is amalun khalisun which is pure sincere righteous deeds they are deeds you do which are righteous deeds they are they are righteous deeds but they are they are purely for the sake of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is the second thing that we see always the quran revolves around the righteous deed in relation to paradise and its people and the third is agreement with the sunnah agreement with the sunnah muwafaqatu sunnah so we see that all of these things in fact we put them as iman taqwa and amalun khalis iman taqwa and righteous deeds but the righteous deed has to be in agreement with the sunnah for it to be accepted so the ones who implement all of this they are the abrar they are the righteous ones who are mentioned in the quran they are also the people they are the ahlul bushra they are the ones to whom the glad tidings are given in the quran it is these people who are described as such who are the ones to whom the bushra is intended in the quran the glad tidings in the quran and in another way we can actually summarize these three, three things iman taqwa and righteous deeds into just two things we can summarize it even further into two things which is ikhlas fi ta'atillah which is sincerity in obedience to allah and ihsan ila khalqihi and benevolence to his creation so we can summarize them down into two things and we can summarize that down even further into a single thing which is that a person or which 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 can be said muwafaqatu rabb ta'ala fi mahabbihi which means that to be in complete agreement with the lord the most high in whatever he loves so meaning that everything that you do all of it is in agreement and in accordance with whatever allah loves it is done for the for the sake for the sake of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and of course 
All of that cannot be established except by way of the model and the example which is by the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa which means following of his sunnah. We already established that paradise and hellfire are already created. And we mentioned some evidences for that and this is opposed to the uh, astray groups like the Mu'tazila and other than them. And Ibn al-Qayyim ta'ala, he says in his book that the companions of the Messenger of Allah they have never ceased. And likewise the Tabi'un and those who followed them after and Ahlul Sunnah wal Hadith, all of them without exception. And likewise various other factions. They all believe in that, that paradise and hellfire are true and real and they exist. And they depend upon that, upon the texts of the Qur'an and the Sunnah and what is known by necessity from the narrations from the messengers, all of them from their first to their last. For indeed they called each of their nations and they informed them about these things, meaning about paradise and hellfire, until there appeared a new, you know, a new sprouting, a new people from the Qadariya Mu'tazila. So they rejected that paradise and hellfire are present right now. So we are moving now here to a group of people who are the Mu'tazila. And they began to deny that paradise and hellfire are real and true and created right now. And then Ibn Qayyim goes on to mention what their reasoning was and why they said this. He said that they said, the Mu'tazila, that rather Allah will actually create them on the day of resurrection. They are not created now, but they will be created on the day of resurrection. And the reason why they said this is because of a false principle that they have. They have a false principle that relates to Allah's actions. What they did is that they made an analogy for Allah by way of what they see in the creation. So when they saw the actions of men, when they looked at the actions of men, and they saw, for example, well, this is right, and this is wrong, and this is something that should be done, and this is something that should not be done, this is befitting, this is unbefitting. So when they looked into the creation, and they looked into the actions of men, then they, obviously a person comes with all of these rulings and these conclusions about the actions of men. And then what they did is that they wrongly thought and believed that the same things of being right and wrong, befitting, non-befitting, that they too apply to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they said that if we have, for example, a king, and a king, he makes a palace, and he puts in, his, in, in, in this palace all sorts of, you know, um, things and foods and drinks and you know, uh, decorations and everything. But he prevents the people from ever, ever seeing what is in this palace for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, meaning that years pass by, centuries pass by, and the people never ever see anything. They said that if this is something that took place from the actions of men, this would be, this would be something that no one would do this who has any wisdom. And... This is something that the people of intellect would, would, would find fault with. It doesn't really make sense. So then, they, when, when they reason like this about the actions of men, they thought that the same applies to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That how and why would he create 
paradise and hellfire. They're existing for how many, however many years, hundreds of that, however many years. And there is no one to enter into them. This does not make, so according to their corrupt reasoning, they thought that this is, this is wrong. And again, this is because they falsely made an, an, an analogy between the actions of men and the actions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The actions of Allah, we can't make analogies between them with the actions of, of men. So this is the saying of the Mu'tazila. It is a false and futile saying. Rather, as we believe, paradise and hellfire are present right now and they exist right now. The next issue connected to this is that the people of the Sunnah and Jama'ah, they believe that paradise and hellfire are eternal. They are eternal. They will never ever expire. They will never come to an end. And this again is something disputed only by the people of bid'ah, people of innovation, and people of misguidance. Now we see in the Quran, the verses are very clear. In the Quran, the narrations are very clear, likewise from the Messenger, that the people of paradise and the people of hellfire, that they will remain therein forever. And that their bliss and reward will be forever, and their punishment and torment will be forever. This is a matter of ijma'ah. It is a matter of consensus between all of the people of the sunnah and jama'ah. They believe that the punishment of the kuffar will never cut off. And the, pun and the reward and the bliss of the people of paradise will never cut off. And the proof for this is the kitab and the sunnah. Now, there are, if we look at the views of all of the different people and what they said about this issue, about whether paradise and hellfire is eternal or not, we can summarize them all. There are many false sayings, but we can summarize them all into seven sayings or seven statements. The first of them is the saying of the Khawarij and the Mu'tazila. They said that anyone who enters the fire, he will never ever leave the fire. What does this mean? This means that these people deny that believers will be taken out of the fire, either by way of intercession, the intercession of the prophets and the righteous and the angels, or by way of the mercy, the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is the first thing. The Khawarij and the Mu'tazala, anyone who enters will never be coming out. And this is batil, it is false. Disproved by the Quran and by the Sunnah. The second false saying, is the statement of some of the extreme Sufis. They're the ones who say that the people who enter into paradise will be punished for a short while and then this punishment will change. Why? Because when they, when they are burnt by the fire, then their nature, meaning that their composition will change, that they too will become similar to the, to the, to the fire. And so therefore the punishment will turn as a means of reward. They will, they will find pleasure by way of the, of the fire. Why? Because their the, the, the nature, their tabi'ah has changed because they've been in the fire. What a twist. This is a twisted, a twist. This is only, can only come from the extremist Sufis. It's a twisted way of thinking. But this is a saying of Ibn Arabi, the extremist Sufi. And he mentions this in some of his books, Fasus al-Hikam and uh, others. Uh, but this is a batil false saying. The third saying is that 
the people who enter the fire, they will be punished for a period, for a limited period, and then they will be taken out. And then there will be another group of people who will follow them. And this statement is the statement of the Jews, of the Yahud. And they came and they narrated this statement to the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Why? Because they claimed, they claimed, yes, okay, we, we might enter into hellfire, but the fire will only touch us for a small number of days. We will, we will come out. And then Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala He revealed the ayah in the Quran, وَقَالُوا لَن تَمَسَّنَا النَّارُ إِلَّا أَيَّامًا مَعْدُودَةً. They say that the fire will only touch us for a limited number of days. And the messenger was commanded to say to them, قُلْ 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 أَتَّخَذْتُمْ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ أَحْدًا فَلَنْ يُخْلِفَ اللَّهُ أَحْدًا أَمْ تَقُولُونَ عَلَى اللَّهِ مَا لَا تَعْلَمُونَ Say, have you taken with Allah a, a guarantee or a promise? For Allah never breaks His, his promise or His agreement. أَمْ تَقُولُونَ عَلَى اللَّهِ مَا لَا تَعْلَمُونَ Or are you saying upon Allah, that of which you have no knowledge. بَلَا مَنْ كَسَبَ سَيِّئَةٌ وَحَاطَتْ بِهِ خَطِيئَتُهُ فَأُولَٰئِكَ أَصْحَابُ النَّارِ هُمْ فِيهَا خَالِدُونَ Rather the one who earns an evil, and his evil encompasses him, he's caught up by that evil, then they are the people of fire, they will remain therein forever. So this really is a statement of the enemies of Allah, the Yahud, they are, the, they are the people who brought this statement and the Qur'an and the Sunnah and Ijma' of the Sahaba and the Tabi'een. All of this indicates the corruption of this saying. The fourth statement that is also found amongst some of the sects amongst the people of Islam, they say that the people of, of uh, the fire will eventually uh, come out of the fire, all of them, Every single one, the disbeliever and the sinful Muslim. And then what will happen is there will be no one left to punish in the fire. There will be no one left. And the fire will just be left as it is. This is a statement of, of some of the... It is found like a, among some of the people. It's also a false saying. The fifth statement is that the fire will perish by itself. The fire will eventually die out, it will consume itself. Why? Because it is a created entity. The created entities, they, they, they perish and they expire and they deteriorate. And what will happen is that the fire will eventually perish and it will, it will, it will, there will be nothing left thereafter. Now this is a statement of Al-Jahm bin Safwan. Al-Jahm bin Safwan. And in fact he said the same thing about paradise as well. That paradise and hellfire will both perish and they will come to an end. And this is the fifth statement which is batil and false. And the sixth statement is another statement where it is claimed that there will come a point in time when the people of paradise will freeze and the people of hellfire will freeze. There will be no more motion. All motion will come to an end. Everything will just stop right there like this. So if someone is eating the food like this, he will stop and freeze and he will remain like this forever thereafter. And if someone is in paradise being punished in chains and you know whatever, he will stop right there and that will be, that will be the end of that. 
This statement is the statement of one of the heads of the Mu'tazila, Abu Al-Hudayl Al-Allaf. He is one of the heads of the Mu'tazila. This also is a futile false statement. So all of these six statements are actually false. And then there is a seventh statement as well, which in which it is claimed that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will cause the fire to come to an end. That Allah will make the fire come to an end. Why? Because Allah is its creator, He is its Lord, and He is the one who can make for it a period after which it comes to an end. Now this statement is a statement which is said, which is narrated, and it is ascribed, it is said, that Ibn Taymiyyah that he spoke with the same. But this is incorrect. Rather we see in the books of Shaykh al-Islam, Ibn Taymiyyah, when we look into his various books, As-Safadiyyah, in his Fatawa, and many other places, we see that Shaykh al-Islam Ibn Taymiyyah, he affirms that the fire is eternal and paradise is eternal likewise. And this is a statement of some of the people of innovation and what happened is that some of the people or some of the scholars when they saw that this view was being said that hellfire will come to an end they thought it to be a correct statement and they began to narrate it and it passed on in that way but as for it being ascribed to Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah this is incorrect we see that the opposite of that in his, in his, in his book and as for Ibn al-Qayyim Ibn al-Qayyim in some of his books he discusses the issue of hellfire coming to an end. And he discusses in length the various arguments of those who say that Allah will make it come to an end and those who say no, it will remain eternal forever. And so when Ibn al-Qayyim, he discusses this, he gives the impression or he leaves the impression that hellfire will actually come to an end. Right? He leaves that impression in some of his books. However, in one of his later books, Al-Wabir al-Sayyib, he makes it very clear and he says that the fire of the Muwahidun, meaning the fire that will burn the believers who died upon Tawheed, that is the one that will come to an end. And as for the fire, the fire of the Kuffar, that will never come to an end. That will not come to an end. And for that reason, Shaykh al-Albani, when he commented on this issue in his commentary on At-Tahawiyah, he said, Know that the fire in the hereafter is two fires. A fire that will perish and expire, and a fire that will remain and will never expire. فَالْأُولَى هِيَ نَارُ الْعُسَاتِ الْمُذْنِبِينَ مِنَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ the first one is the fire of the sinful people, the sinners from the Muslimin. And the second one is the fire of the disbelievers and the pagans. This is what Ibn al-Qayyim that he came to the conclusion. This is the conclusion he came to in his book, Al-Wabil al-Sayyib, and it is the truth in which there is no doubt. And by way of it, the evidences are brought together. So this clears the issue of paradise and hellfire being eternal, 
And as for that small little doubt about hellfire you know, coming to an end, then this is a tafsir, and this is the correct statement. This leaves us finally with the remaining issue, which is where is paradise? Where is paradise? And the Prophet ﷺ, he said in the hadith of Al-Isra, he said, انطلَقَ بِي حَتَّى نَأْتِي سِدْرَةَ الْمُنْتَهَى that he took me uh, until we reached the Sidratul Muntaha. This is a place which is the highest place. This is like referring to the, the low tree. And in this hadith, Al-Nawawi says that in this hadith there is an evidence of Ahlul Sunnah that paradise and hellfire are created and that paradise is in the, in the heaven. And also from As-Safarini who said, Know that paradise is above the seventh heaven. Its roof is the throne of Ar-Rahman. Just as Allah, He says in the Quran, عِنْدَ سِدْرَةِ الْمُنْتَهَى عِنْدَهَا جَنَّةُ الْمَأْوَى It is very clear. That with the, the Sidra, this is referring to the, the low tree, a huge tree. By it is the Jannatul Ma'wa. By it is the paradise. And the Sidratul Muntaha, we know it is above the seventh heaven. And it is called as such because it because everything that comes from Allah that is sent down from Allah, and likewise everything that raises up to Allah, it is by way of this uh, Sidratul Muntaha. That's why Allah says, That in the heaven there is your rizq and whatever you are promised. And Al-Hafidh ibn Rajab, he says that the end of all this in conclusion, paradise is above the seventh heaven and its throne is the throne and its ceiling is the throne of Ar-Rahman and the fire is in the seventh earth upon that which is correct and with Allah lies success. So this brings us to a conclusion of this issue. Paradise and hellfire, they are true and real. Those who are the inhabitants of the fire, those who are the inhabitants of the, parada- uh, of the paradise. This leads us finally to one more thing, which is the issue of Al-Qadr. Because Ibn Taymiyyah said that the person who enters the fire will enter the fire bi-hikmatin. By way of wisdom from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we want to read and finish with a passage from Ibn Batta, ta'ala, where he mentions our belief in Al-Qadr. And this is the essence of our belief in Al-Qadr. He says, As for what is obligatory upon us to have knowledge of and to believe in and to affirm all of it in its entirety, then it is the following. There are five or six points. About seven or eight points. Firstly, that we know good and evil are from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is the creator of good and evil. Number two, that obedience and disobedience are from the qada and qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That Allah has decreed obedience and disobedience to take place. He has decreed it, he has written it, he has willed it for it to take place. He is the one who willed it. Both obedience and disobedience. And disobedience as well. Thirdly, that whatever befalls us was never going to pass us by. Whatever happened, it was never going to pass us by. 
and whatever passed us by, it was never going to happen. It was never going to befall. It was never going to come to us. This is a third crucial aspect. The fourth is that Allah created paradise and He created inhabitants for it. So He created paradise, then He created those people who are going to enter into paradise. He knew them. In fact, it continues. He says, He knew those inhabitants, He knew them with their names and the names of their fathers. So Allah already knew those whom He created who were going to be the people of paradise and He knew them by their names and He knew them by the names of their fathers. So when He created them, He then granted them success. He gave them tawfiq in performing the righteous actions which He is pleased with. So Allah created them for paradise. They were created already in Allah's knowledge for paradise. And then Allah made it easy for them and made it may give them success in doing the deeds that will lead them into paradise. Then He ordered them, He commanded them with the righteous actions. Meaning by way of the books and messengers, do righteous actions. Then He gave them tawfiq. He aided them, He gave them success. And then Allah acknowledged that yes, you have done these deeds. And then He rewarded them with paradise as a bounty from him and from his mercy. Right now, all of this is from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then, we believe that he created the hellfire and he created inhabitants for the hellfire. So he made the nar, the fire. Then he made for the fire people who will enter the fire. So this is all before, you know, before, before the, 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 the creation. This is all from the decrees of Allah. So he made the fire and he created inhabitants for the fire. He knew their exact number. He knew the exact number of the people of the fire. He knew what would occur from them. He knew exactly what they would do. And he decreed upon them to do what he disliked. He then deserted them and left them. And he did not protect them from falling into such matters. Meaning he abandoned them, he deserted them. And then he punished them due to the actions which they fell into without him being unjust in any of that. Now this really is the crucial thing. This really is, if you want to understand the crucial difference between the people who believe in Al-Qadr and those who are the deniers of Al-Qadr, it is this issue right here. This is the issue that the Mu'tazila could not understand, the Qadariya could not understand when they rejected Al-Qadr. Because here what we've just said, what Ibn Battah has just summarized, he said that Allah, He created hellfire. Then He created inhabitants for the hellfire. He knew their names and the names of their fathers. And He knew the deeds that they would do. Then He abandoned them and left them. Didn't give them any success. And then they did the deeds that they did and then he punished them. And that punishment from Allah is from his wisdom and his justice. Now this is the crucial thing now. We treat this to be from the wisdom of Allah and the justice of Allah. Whereas the Mu'tazila and the Qadriya, they say, well how can Allah, this, how can Allah punish? When he'd already decreed these people, when he already created them for the hellfire, this doesn't make sense, we can't accept this. Therefore it means 
But Allah, either He doesn't have knowledge of what His servants are going to do, or Allah doesn't have power over what His servants are going to choose to do. So they obviously denied Al-Qadr. They either said Allah does not know what is going to happen in His creation until after it takes place, or they said Allah has no control over the servants when they disobey Him. That the servants, they were completely outside of Allah's control and they disobeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is the, the reasoning behind why the Mu'tazila, why the Qadariya, they denied the Qadr of Allah because they saw that this cannot be from wisdom and from the justice. Whereas what we believe, that this is, this is from the wisdom and justice of Allah. And then he continues and he says, and they are not excused in whatever judgment he has made upon them. Meaning the people who enter into the, into the fire, they will not be excused from whatever judgment Allah has made upon them. So all of this and whatever is like it from the knowledge of Al-Qadr, which is binding upon the creation to have knowledge of and to have faith in and to submit to the command of Allah is judgment and his ordainment and his decree. Meaning that all of this, what we've just mentioned, is from the Qada and the Qadr of Allah, that which we are obliged to have belief in. So connecting this to our topic of paradise and hellfire, we understand that no one enters paradise except due to the pure mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And no one enters the fire except due to the justice and the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this concludes our discussion of the fire and paradise. And this now moves us on to the next issue. As Ibn Taymiyyah says in what is ascribed to him, وَلِكُلِّ حَيٍّ عَاقِلٍ فِي قَبْرِهِ عَمَلٌ يُقَارِنُهُ هُنَاكَ وَيُسْأَلُ That every living person, every living person, every mentally sound living person, will have in his grave his deeds. His deeds will accompany him in his grave. And he will then be questioned. Right. So this is now moving on to belief in the punishment of the grave. And the punishment of the grave is part and parcel of punishment in the fire uh, and, and likewise reward uh, in turn the reward of the grave is tied to the reward in paradise and both of these are tied to belief in the final day which is one of the six pillars of Iman so that we will discuss inshallah ta'ala in the next lesson with that we conclude today's lesson walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa sallallahu ala nabina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in